Hello and welcome to episode 230 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. It's a good day for the sprinters at Air on Saturday as they run both the Air Gold and Silver Cup handicaps on the west coast of Scotland. We also preview racing at Newbury today where the Group 2 Mill Reef Stakes takes centre stage on Saturday. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of Saturday's racing action in the UK, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to Sunday's meeting in Hong Kong. So Bill, let's have a look towards this weekend's activity. Comes up in Scotland on the west coast at Ayr, and then down south, not too far away from you, at Newbury. Uh, and then once again, the weather playing a massive part, certainly at Newbury. I know you were tweeting just the other day that they've had a whole load of rain there again. It's going to change the ground quite badly before we even get started on Saturday. Yeah, well, they, they had 39 millimetres of rain on Wednesday at Newbury and, and then another millimetre and a half. Um, <clears throat> I felt it yesterday. Uh, we're not too far. I, I felt it might be a bit more than a millimetre and a half, um, if I'm being cynical. Maybe the rain gauge was tilted to one side and it didn't record as much or it was a bit windy, but uh, it definitely felt a bit bit more wet than that. But, you know, they got a two-day meeting. They raced there today, so the ground will be terrible Saturday um, and a bit chewed up. The ground's a bit better at air than people thought. Um, on We're doing this on Friday morning. They were calling it good to soft. Uh, they had six mills that fell between four and six o'clock on Thursday night, um, and there's a bit of showers around today. But it's not going to be terrible ground. It's just going to be kind of um, good to soft. They're saying that it's soft between the five and six pole on the round course, um, so there's a particular wet patch. Um, so you don't really want a whole lot more rain because they've had pro- previous problems um, at air with um, mm. that part of the track. So, yeah, good to soft, maybe soft in places. But, yeah, you, you, it's it's a weekend to be with the mudlarks rather than the fast ground horses, I'd say. I remember a few years ago, Ed, they had to call the meeting off and wasn't the bend unsafe and they had to sort of restructure some of the, the angle on the bend because it was it was too sharp and they had did a lot of work on that, didn't they? Yeah, and that, that, that's, that's why I just flagged that little alarm bell where it says soft between the five and six on the round course. Um, so, yeah, they're just softer elements to the track. But I, I think um, I think you've got to work on the basis of it being background at Newbury and softest yeah. ground, ground at air. Now, this time of the year, we're coming to the, the end of the flat season. We've got the arc coming up uh, next weekend, the beginning of October. And we've got the, the Champions Day coming up at Ascot and races you know big races like that are, are appearing but the horses that we're seeing this weekend we've seen for the most part for the most of the flat season but the ground's totally different the the, the conditions are different does that sort of change the potential of the results for this this weekend yeah i mean it's just it's a time of year to tread carefully you know people people that know me know that i bet and you know, i tend to yeah, tread carefully this time of year because things are changing and horses have had long, hard seasons. And uh, like you say, this for often is <laughs> for them, lot, lots of horses running this weekend, it'll be their last run of the season. Um, you know, they've been on the go since March, April. Yeah. Um, and there's other horses that are, are relatively fresh. So it's finding a combination of horses that you know are fresh, you know are in good form, um, you know handle the ground. And haven't had particular bad campaigns. The other thing is the two-year-old races, for example. There's a few that we're going to cover 
in a bit. You know, you've got horses that have targeted this race but never thought it would be terrible ground. Yeah. Um, so uh, Newbury and, and, you know, as I said, airs not so bad, but it's still softer than ideal. So some of these top-class two-year-olds have shown really good form, but on good ground, and this is very, very different. So um, just risk warnings apply um, and tread carefully. But uh, hopefully I've, I've got some bigger price ones to throw some darts at this weekend. And we saw that last weekend, to be fair, where a couple of two-year-olds that have done really well so far, one of them was unbeaten, just didn't show up on the ground up at Doncaster. And and you have, you know, the ground is so important, isn't it, when you're looking at the form? Totally. Uh, and, and time of year. Um, don't don't um, underestimate the um, end of season of or end of a long season uh, impact on some of these horses that have just been on the go for too long. And, you know, they, they just... That they're dreaming of the beach in Dubai, like those old Premier League footballers that are two games <laughs> to go. Um, their eyes and minds are on other things. I think some of these are, are done by this late on, and you just got to be careful. Okay, let's have a look at the two meetings that we're going to feature today. We'll start up at Air. I've been to this meeting a few times over the past few years. It's always a great uh, meeting up at Air. They, they look after you really well. It's a lovely track as well uh, for the race goer to go. Good views there pretty much all the way around. Good atmosphere. Everyone's in a good mood. And they start at one fifteen on Saturday with a mile handicap with 10 runners. And the recent winner here, Isla Kai, is going to be quite popular for Nigel Tinkler, having won just about a month ago, end of August. One up at Ripon over the mile. We've got the likes of Revich and Titan Rock in there. Koi Koi, Judgment Call and Diamond on the Hill. All of these horses that have been placed pretty well throughout the season, they've won races quite recently or have been close. So it's a tricky little opener to get underway at air on Saturday. Yeah, and you know I'll I'll, um, I'll keep it relatively simple. I, I, I do like Isla Kai. Um, kind of uh, been in a few times this season because um, I felt his his form was close to turning, and uh, it, it turned. It turned last time off a mark of 89. Um, he got the job done at, at Ripon. Um, he goes on any ground. Um, he's rock solid. He's just be coming to himself, I think. And look, it's late on the season, but I think he's finding form rather than losing form. And, you know, he he was operating last year of marks in the hundreds. And, you know, he ran at, ran at Ascot in the Hunt Cup last year off a mark of 100. Um, so he's found winning war form and <laughs> he's operating now for seven pound lower mark. So I still think the handicap has given him a bit of breathing room. He's he's in good form. It doesn't look the hottest of contests. Um, looking at the prices now at the time of of, of recording, he's seven to two. I think that's fair enough. Um, you know, you've got to respect Titan Rock and Revich and Koi Koi and all those kind of horses. I thought Radana would run well again. Um, he's a the old boy in the race he's he's nine years old but um he rediscovered winning ways last time at, at carlisle and he's up to a mark of 90 but was fourth in this 12 months ago off 94 so you know he he's another one who who will um will go well i wonder whether he's a bit just better when the ground is a bit faster that's probably the one thing that um tiny bit puts me off him but uh he's, he's a he's a multiple and i think he's won six or seven times at at air so he, he'd be be one for the kind of forecast play but yeah i i had it between isla kai and, and radana and and i'll stick with isla kai i just think he's he's a classy horse and, and can go in again so it could be a winning favorite in the opener 
at air on Saturday. Then in the 150, we've got a mile and a quarter Duneside Cubs, a listed race. Now, the seven runners, there were eight. My Prospero has just come out on this Friday morning, as Bill tells me. So some breaking news if you listen to this early Friday lunchtime as soon as the podcast comes out. That's really changed the complexion of the race and the betting as well, Bill. Yeah, really annoying, actually, because um, I um, I was quite keen to take my Prospero on um, with Raw Ryan, who was seriously good last time at Goodwood. Um, connections to put him in the champion stakes. He's just very effective on soft ground, whether the ground's going to be soft enough. And, and, he, and more rain will really help his chances, but um, he blew the field apart uh, in, in the valuable handicap at Goodwood. And, you know, that's always competitive. It used to be the, the race that opened the Goodwood meeting, and it's always competitive. Well, horses don't win that by six and a half lengths. I know the ground was soft, but when you look at it, um, you know, um, it was um, Alcazab who we beat that day. He's been out and won at Ascot since. You know, which is which is, you know, uh, you know, in, in, endorses the form a bit more. And and he's just, I think he's got real potential. Um, when the when the mud flies, um, look, he's he's up in class here. He's in the listed race, and he takes on solid yardsticks like the Irish Raider Helvic Dream um, and Pride of America. He's had a brilliant season for the Amy Murphy team, but. I think the ground should be soft enough to to see, hit, you know, raw raw run run really well, and I think he'll potentially book his ticket for Champions Day. Just he was seven to two, he was a really good bet against my Prospero, and and, and now um, my Prospero, of course, called Prospero, uh, my Prospero. Um, I just think he's um, you know, he's seven to four now, um, raw rhyme. Look, if you have to have a bet in this kind of race, I, I think he's rock solid. Um, if if it's good to soft, tread carefully. If it's soft, I think you can go nap with Royal Rhyme. I think he's a pretty smart horse, um, and I think he'll take some beating. Well, there's a first. First two races we preview, you've tipped the favourite up in both of them. That never happens. There must be solid, <laughs> solid chances of those two winning uh, up at air on mm. Saturday. Now, you're not going to tip the favourite in the next. I know that. Well, pretty much know that for sure. 225, they run over six furlongs. It's the uh, Silver Cup. So those horses that didn't get in the Gold Cup that's run later in the afternoon, there were 25. They had to, uh, again, I keep mentioning this, you have to enter for both. You can't just enter for the Gold Cup and be automatically uh, put into the Silver Cup. So you had to go for both. And there were over 100 in each race. I mean, it was really oversubscribed dramatically just a few days ago but uh the silver cup we've got the likes of rathbone going in there gulliver who we've seen winning recently that was a subtle form jump the gun wob wob wob's been running quite often dance and call me ginger was behind anaf last weekend in the portland having won a couple of races before that the likes of a plum is in there as well monsieur cody and we know these but it's late in the season as we said earlier on and it's the silver cup but uh there'll be a big price one you probably fancy each way there yeah it's it's all, all these races these these big um air gold and silver cups <clears throat> they're really really hard as you'd imagine i always like to try and um take one from each side uh you know these draw races you tend to want to be drawn middle to high i always reckon at air but i'm happy to go with one on each side i've been done so many times over the years 
I always remember when Bielsa won it a few years back, I was all on his own against the stand side. And um I was um I was on those on the other side. So I like to have, have one side. Look, jump the gun uh, is favourite. Um is rock solid. Uh bounced back before to form last time with Blinkers on for the first time, but when it was second to to Rathbone, and <laughs> that was off a mark of eighty. Um was just beaten in this race. Um 12 months ago was, was um, well, it wasn't this race, but it was the, the, this, this track, um, was second to abduction. And um, yeah, he was fifth in this this um, 12 months ago. Um, but that was that was off a mark of 90 and didn't get the clearest of runs. And here we are 12 months on off a mark of 80. So um, I, I totally see why he's favourite, deserves to be favourite. Can't tip another favourite up, but he's pretty rock solid. Uh, if, if he was double figure price, I'd probably go with him. But um, I am going to swing the bat with two. Um, the first one would be Bernardo O'Reilly, Richard Spencer's horse, for Phil Cunningham, and one of the nicest guys in racing. They have Bernardo O'Reilly, who was uh, third in this race 12 months ago off a mark of 87, um, has been <coughs> kind of in and out. Uh, so far the season, but it means that he can come to this off a two pound lower mark than 12 months ago. Look, he's nine years old. Um, he's drawn nearest to Stanti. That might be the wrong place to be, but it's just a price thing. He's, he's around 16s. Uh, it just seems fair. Um, that's a decent enough price for me. So I'd play him each way drawn low. And then of those drawn high, um, I'd probably give a chance to Gulliver, uh, eight to one. Um, he's an old boy. Um, but like you say, one one at the racing league last time off a mark of eighty two, um, taking a bit of a hike in the rate weights up to eighty nine. Um, but on on his, on his day, he operated at you know much higher levels to this. You know, don't forget twelve months ago he ran in the big race off a mark of ninety eight. So he's still um, still kind of operating ten pound lower than than that. Ground should be fine with him. I just thought that that was the way I wanted to play it. I'd probably play. Um, Bernardo O'Reilly, Gulliver, and maybe chuck jump the gun in for the for the kind of um exacta combination. But yeah, those are the those are the main contenders for me. Okay, we've got the Silver Cup. The Gold Cup comes up a little bit later. And in between those at three o'clock, we've got a six furlong Firth of Clyde, group three, uh, for the Phillies, and the, these are the two year olds. And you mentioned at the start of the podcast, two year olds this time of the year. Horses coming into this race, they've shown great form. Horses such as Rakia goes for Owen Burrows, who's won on good ground on both of her occasions when she's won, and she's won two of her three. Great Generations won both of his, uh, Haydock and at Chester, on good to soft for Marco Botti. Dorothy Lawrence goes for Carl Burke, and Navassa Island and Pretty Crystal's in there. I've got to say Blue Point as a sire, has been absolutely incredible with two-year-olds this season. He's done so well with his offspring. Rakia, she's a filly in the Shadwell colours, and Owen Burrows has done so well with his horses. But what about the ground for the potential favourite here? Yeah, that's that's the big question, Mark. I mean, you, can, you can't fail to be impressed with Rakia uh, in what she's done so far. Um she didn't really know her job at Newbury first time. Went up and bolted up at Salisbury. She beat a uh, horse manager boarding school. Misinformation has been out one at Ascot since. 
and then a few weeks ago at Haydock, she was really impressive um, in, in in what felt and looked like a good race. Um, she just quickened up, did it all quite clearly. Um, one one by four and a quarter lengths that day. Um, she's good. She 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 is really good. And you know they they've um, Owen Burrows has made no secret of of the regard in um, what what she's held. You know he he was talking after. Haydock about the Sheevely part that she's not in and um, stepping her into group race company. Um, he found a nice group three for her here. She was odds on early in the week. It's just the, the ground is the question mark and she takes on quite a, a good field here. Um, I think when they probably earmarked this, they probably thought it might be a bit of a penalty kick for her. But I think it's a bit tougher than the market kind of feels. Um, great generations, two from two. For Marco Botti, um, she's she look, looks really good. I mean, she's she won well at Chester last time on rain softened ground, so there's no no issues with the ground um, with her. Um, how good that form is, we'll kind of wait and see. But um, it, it, it felt like a good race, and you know she's she she could be anything. Um, I just want to take uh, the favourite on here. Um, and I wouldn't be afraid to have a couple of goes because there's two fillies here that I think are overpriced, um, both of whom I've followed this season and I feel that their chance is now. Um, the first of those is Navassa Island, the Irish Ranger for Michael O'Callaghan. Um, this is a filly I, I really fancied at Ascot and she just fluffed her lines on fast ground um, behind Porta Fortuna. We put her up at Ascot around 10, 12 to 1. She went off fives. Um and I was really sweet on her in the day. And I remember looking out across the, the course um, from the pressure and balcony. I looked and I thought, oh, this is just, I thought she was traveling really well. And she just kind of hollowed out a bit. And I felt disappointed with it. And then when she got beaten back in July, the, in the following start, when she was odds on for a maiden, I just thought she's gone. There's something amiss there. Um, but he's a good trainer. And she bounced back in August and beat a good horse of Jack Davidson's called She's Quality um, in a maiden at the Curra. And um, that was just a good run. And she may just have come back. And I've, I've just got a feeling that she might might run well. She just feels a bit overpriced um, here. You know, she's she might drift further. Um, but she's around <laughs> 15 to 2. Um, I just think she's going to run really well. And the other one who's 17 to 2 is Pretty Crystal, um, who's uh, the Richard Fahey horse who um, really caught the eye Ascot in the um, Princess Margaret stakes when I was there um, on King George Day. Um, just drawn the wrong side of the track nearest the stands and just Sacred Angel got first run on her um, and just looked to be crying out for the step up to seven, but a combination of soft ground and seven just count against her at um, Goodwood last time. Uh, in the prestige, she kind of raced up, looked all over the winner, um, was cantering all over them, and then just weakened out a bit late on. I think the return to six will help. The ground should be fine. Um, I think she's massively overpriced at 17 to two. So I'm going to take the pair of them as a bit of a package against the the favourite. In what you sometimes get funny results in this race, and and um, I, I'd rather be with those two than the other than the top two. Okay, that's the two-year-old race at three o'clock, leading up to. The feature race for the public, certainly on the day, the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup, the handicap over six furlongs with the maximum field, hopefully, will all go, of 25 in this one. 
Now, Arazia went off a crazy price at Goodwood in the Stewards' Cup. He went off the 100-30 to 30 favourite for Charlie Hills and Jim Crowley. Just disappointed, really. Beaten 16 lengths. They said he, he would prefer a quicker surface. It was heavy officially on that day. Not sure he's going to get an awful lot quicker. It's obviously not going to be heavy, but it's still going to be on the soft side. But he has one on soft, so I'm not sure how that uh, explanation comes out. Uh, Mick Appleby's had a great season with his horse. He's got Jean Lupin running in this, who ran a good race at Royal Ascot. Significantly nearly got up last week to be another Mick horse, Anav, in the Portland. That was over five and a half. He's got, he's got to form on soft going. Julie Camacho trains. I really like significantly over this extended half a furlong further than last week. Another couple of strides, and he probably would have got there. So I think six furlongs ideal. We've got our old friend Summerhand in the race once again, who never runs a bad race. Rohan Bielsa, who stormed down the near side rail a few years ago to win up at there. Mr. Wagu, who you've been backing all the way through the season. I think you probably own half this horse by now. But uh, Arazio, it was a crazy price last time out. He didn't deliver, can significantly pick up from what he did last week and, and run another big race on Saturday. Arazio just is kind of sent off blind favourite for every race he runs in it. I think he'd be favourite to be next Man United manager if they open the betting up on that. He's just, they literally just, the bookmakers put him in blind as, as favourite. Um, because he's got a reputation and people think he's a group horse running in a handicap. Um, Look, he might well be on slightly better ground here now. Um, he, but he's not thrown in. He's off a mark of 101. Uh, I, I feel that he's priced up like everyone thinks he's still in the 90s. You know, he... he um, I was at Ascot back in May when he won the trial um, ahead of... Um, it was a, a 6 final handicap on soft ground. And he did it really easily. So the ground thing doesn't really make too much sense to me because the ground wasn't great that day. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but mm. he, he was just really well handicapped off a mark of 93. And, you know, he went on and ran. He he was just beaten fair and square in the Wokingham off 102. And, you know, the ground was obviously bad at Goodwood, but he wasn't unlucky in the Wokingham. He was just beaten by better horses. And yeah. um, I think he's just a bit short. Uh, you know, I, I totally get it. Um, of the leading contenders, I'd be more interested in mixed runner um, Juan Lapan, ridden by Ali Rawlinson, who is generally one of the nicest guys in the weighing room and I'd love to him to have a big race winner um, because yeah. he's still on the, on the on the comeback trail um, obviously rode King of Stars a lot for us and he's just a terrific bloke um, and this is a really well handicapped horse because he's the one who gets in here off his old mark of 98 and his revised mark's 106 so he's £8 well in but his best form comes on quicker ground mm. and um, you know he um um, he's. I actually walked the course at Ascot before the working with Ali. We went out onto the track together um, just before the jersey was run. Uh, it was the hottest day of the year, and he wanted me to walk with him and just just talk about the race. And we walked down to the three furlong pole, and I was wearing tails, and he obviously was wearing his just his inner layer or whatever. <laughs> Um, but I felt like the scene from Lawrence Arabia when we turned around, I was going to keel over. It was so hot. Um, but he did say to me there that day that the horse is very effective on fast ground and it's not going to be fast ground, but he's really well handicapped. So you can take the two. I can see why he's nearly favorite. Um, 
and Mick's, Mick's got his team in great form and it'd be terrific to see him win. But they're right at the top of the market and there's potentially value in there elsewhere. Um, for those people that bet regularly like I do and people that follow this podcast every weekend, there are so many horses here that are what I call for fuck's sake horses where you want to throw the remote control down <laughs> that you've been following all season. You've given up on them and you think, oh, why did I leave them alone today? Mm-hmm. And the list is endless because you've got Panda Pan in here, but you've got Summer Hands and Mr. Wagus and Bielsa's and Ramazan and Montesib that's been many people's cliff horses and the list goes on. Um, and that's one of the dangerous things about this time of year because you've given up on so many and they come on just to pile on some salt into that wound for one last day for the end of the season. So, um, Tread carefully in this race. Um, I'll again go one from each side. I I think there's an incredibly well-handicapped horse in this race who could completely outclass them. And uh, we saw that last week with Anaf. You know, sometimes you get these these horses that have been competing in group races that step into a handicap and things drop right and they go really well. And um, this time last year... I was backing Rohan for the champion sprint at Ascot, the group one. And I thought he was a good thing. And I was trying to take eights and nines. And here he is off a mark of 104 in the Air Gold Cup. And look, he hasn't run well this season. But in the last two starts, there's just been a bit more sign of life. And don't forget last year, you know, he was crap behind Kim Ross at York. And then burst back with a really good third in the in the Haydock Spring Cup. And then he went on and won at Ascot in October. So he peaks at this time of year. He won the Ben Goff um, stakes, the Group 3 there in October on good to soft ground. And then he ended up finishing fourth behind Kim Ross in the, um, in the Group 1 Champion Sprint. So everyone had him down as proper Group 1 performer. He began this season off a mark of 113. And, you know, went Salisbury, been to Ascot twice. He ran in the five furlong handicap on Ascot in July off a mark of 110. You know, that's July. It's only a few months back. That's six pounds uh, higher than he is now. Um, and didn't run terribly. He only beaten three lengths by the big board. At five, probably just got him tapped for toe a bit. Um, <clears throat> but didn't follow up. Ran a stinker at, at Newbury and ran okay at Deauville. But it's the last two runs. Newcastle in the Racing League over five against the standside rail with Safi Osborne was the real eye-catcher. Only beaten three lengths by Alligator Alley, but kind of came back to form. And I thought he ran much better uh, in the Haydock Spring Cup last time. He was 10th beaten six lengths behind regional, but, but started to make his move at the furlong pole, but just had a wall of horses in front of him. And I that, that was off a mark of what, uh, you know, off a group race, so there's no handicap mark. But I remember thinking, wow, if they throw him back into handicap, I'd be interested. Here he is. He's back in a handicap. He is off a mark of, uh, he's off 104 in this. <laughs> um, so, look, going forward, he can run handicaps off 100. So that's the only negative is that he's probably got a, a bit more weight than he should have. But David Evans isn't claiming off him. He's got Ben Curtis, he's in good form. He's drawn 25. I just think he's the classy one in the race. He's 12 to 1 uh, with William Hill. I think he's rock solid. I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't go really close to winning this. Um, and I genuinely believe he could win it a bit snugly. I know that sounds a ridiculous thing to say, but I think he's a really <laughs> top class horse. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that he'll go real close. Um, he's drawn 25 um, over the other side of the track. <laughs> It's always it's always worth um, trying to have one, and and 
the one on the other side of the tra- uh, track that interests me is Elise Dancer uh, for Kevin Ryan, who's obviously good at these kind of races. But um, that horse caught my eye on background at Goodwood last time, and he's a horse that would appreciate the rain if it comes. Um, proper soft ground horse. He's been dropped a pound for that. He was he was fifth to um, Abrahama Gold uh, in that Stewards Cup, but won his group. And the soft ground will help him. He's well handicapped. Um, I just think if there's a bit more rain around, I think it, it'll play right into his strengths. So, yeah, I will take those two. I'm going to go split stakes, Ali's Dancer and um, Rohan. Well, a strong selection for you there in the Elgol Cup on Saturday afternoon. You look forward to that. It's normally a, a, quite a fair race as well because they just use the whole width of the track. So uh, each side have a chance. I guess it's where the pace is. Although Bielsa just put that to bed a couple of years ago, didn't they? When he just blasted out against the near side rail, as we say. But always look forward to big race at air, and that's coming up on Saturday. We're going to look at Newbury now. They're on ITV as well. They start at 1.30 with a five furlong group three. Just a small field of five. It's fair to say that St Albans Bloodstock want to win this race. They've got two in there. Sense of Duty has been fantastic. For William Haggis, she's won her last four, the daughter of showcasing. All of those have been over the uh, six furlong. She drops to five on Saturday. And Nymphadora for Andrew Balding in the same ownership, she's by no name never. And she's won over five at York back in July. Mick Appleby, he's playing with the big boys now, isn't he? He's got Rosal in here with James Doyle on board, stepping up into group company. And Thunder Bear is in there for Jack Davison. Sean Levy on board, and I know that's a horse that we we featured a few months ago when it was sold on Thoroughbid on the online sales, and I know you were very interested in this horse at that stage and probably still are now. Yeah, he's um, after to kind of declare an interest here with with Thunderbear, and um, he's part owned by Will Armitage, who owns half of him, who's involved with King of Stars with me, um, and. Um, I'm I'm involved with Thunderbear here and I rang Will on Monday morning and I felt this race would cut up and it wasn't really on his radar or plan, but persuaded Will to persuade Jack to put him in this race because five furlongs background is a new thing for Thunderbear, but I think it's what he wants. And Jack was happy to give it a crack. Mm-hmm. Um he is a really exciting three-year-old who was devastatingly good um, in a very small race at the beginning of the season at Nottingham in May. And you won't see an easier winner over six on soft ground. And I like what I saw that day. And he's been gelded since then. He was fourth to the Antarctic in a, in a group three at Nace. Ran really well over seven, Ascot in the jersey, but stretched him a bit. Jamie Spencer got off him that day and said soft ground sprinting. He's a soft ground horse, and that was too quick the ground for him there. And then he ran at the Cara last time. The ground was a bit too quick. It was good ground over six, but Moss Tucker, who's obviously now won a group one since, won that race. But watch that race again back on the 12th of August. You don't want to be on anything other than Thunder Bear at the two-pole. But he just got a bit tap for toe um, in the in the closing stages um, on, the, on the good ground. Here he is. He's got his ground. He's got his conditions. Um... Jack loves him. Uh, I've seen footage of him. He looks a million dollars. He's in terrific form. 
Um, kept him fresh for this. Um, looking at the opposition, sense of duty is obviously a, is a group one filly. She's 100% group one filly. Um, the last time we saw her, but that's the key. 455 days ago. Um, she was brilliant that day. She's battered an half uh, in the chip chase stakes, you know, by, by four and a half lengths um, with like Bielsa and Mondomage and that lot. But we haven't seen her since. She's obviously had problems. Um, I personally would be amazed if she runs. I just think it would be the most unhaggis move to bring her back on bottomless ground, um, particularly when the owners have got Nymphadora. I was just going to say, do you think that's why they've got Nymphadora in there yeah, as well, but, just in case? Potentially, potentially. Yeah. Um, Nymphadora's had a long, hard season. She'll go on the ground, but she's had a hard, hard season. Um, <laughs> designer is an improving horse, but got a bit on the books to find. He's rated 96. I can see why they've run here. Um, handles bad ground, um, but this is a step up in class. Um, but he's not to be dismissed. And then old friend Russell, um for Mick, who has been busy, you know, who won at Haydock a few weeks back. Um, you know, this will be this will be his third run in September. He was chinned last week at, at Donny over five. Um, he's always kind of been pretty ground versatile, but I don't think they want really bad ground with him. Um, he did run okay at Newbury on, on softest ground, but um, treaded water a bit in the arc <laughs> in the Abbey. Um so all that leads down to the fact that when you look at the prices, I think Thunder Bear is hugely overpriced at nine to one. Uh, and I know I'm looking at it through Rose Tinter's spectacles, but this is a race we planned and I think he will go really well. Look, he might get outclassed if he if he does, it's back to the drawing boards. But um I'm super confident he'll run really well. Mm. Um, Stable seems to be confident with him. And, you know, with a with a field of five, uh, he's pretty versatile. He can go forward. He can be held on to. Um, I think he's the forgotten one in the race, and I think he can go really close. Uh, just out of interest, do you feel more pressure when you're sort of talking to the other owner, saying we should go the Newbury, you're talking to the trainer, suggesting you go the Newbury? Do you feel more pressure when the race is on rather than if it had been declared for this race and you are part owner. Look, it's, 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 look, they're animals. They're animals running around a field. And that's, it's, <laughs> and so we take racing too seriously. And, you know, it's, um, there's much bigger things in, in life than, than, than racing. And the conditions look okay for him. Mm. He might, the ground might be horrible. He might hate it. You know, when he faced heavy, heavy ground once, he really didn't like it. But the ground should be okay. It should be near a soft by tomorrow. It'll be tacky, hard work. But um, he's got stamina on his side, this horse. He gets seven. And that's going to only play to his strengths tomorrow. So if Jack can produce him in good form, I think he's the one to beat. Yeah. Um, sense of duty aside, because she could be a bit special, um, I think he's the one to beat. And I think if you took nines, um, I think you would have a very, very nice voucher at the furlong pole. Whether someone like Rosal comes and spoils the fun, um, I have to go and throttle Mick in the paddock. I'm just going to love to hear that phone call between you and Mick after that race. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but um, you know, Mick knows how much I like like um, Thunderbear because I spoke to him about it. You know, when at the, at the time he was coming up for sale, but he, yeah. he, I think he's a nice horse on this ground. Uh, whether he's up to this class, he's only three. He's going to get better with age, but it looks the perfect race for him. Okay, look forward to that. Good luck with that in the opener on Saturday. Newbury, that's the one thirty, two oh five. It's a bit of a long distance. One mile, five and a half furlongs. It's the Autumn Cup handicap with seven going to post. Likes of recent winner Val Sadis in there. A C King won a couple of starts ago for Sir Mark. 
Laffy's in there for William Haggis again, and Salt Bay is in there too. Um, didn't have a big opinion on this. What What were your thoughts on it? I, I didn't have a huge opinion on this either. I thought it was a disappointing turnout for the money. It's going to be a bit of a slog over a mile and six. Um, I thought Laffy just is is one of these frustrating horses. Um, he's been gelded since the last time we saw him, but that was at Ascot, um, where he didn't. He ran no kind of race. He just become disappointing. I, I, I couldn't be. Um, backing him um val says the obvious one but he's pretty short he won last time got it got everything together um on the all weather but this will be the worst ground that he's encountered and um i know he was a good third to nathaniel green last year but but still have visions of him being tailed off at tony on his first run um back in may may on background so that that worries me um Seeking is what seeking is. You know, he's he's um he, he was put in his place at um Haydock last time, but was previously better at Goodwood before then, and the softest ground will help him. Um what's strange though is he previously been a non-runner on bad ground. So um it was a bit of a huge turn with ground with him. Um I thought it was really hard. Um and then for that reason I would split stakes and I'd have half a half a unit on both the two outsiders um, because I think they're both overpriced. I think not so sleepy at 17 to two uh, can run really well here uh, for the Huey Morrison team. Um, look, he's 11 years old, but he slipped to a mark of 98. Um, he's running 18 champion hurdles, 26 to Zara, which has been around longer than you and I put together, but he knows the time of day and he's good, fresh. You know, if you look at him after breaks, um, He's pretty effective, and um, the fact that we haven't seen this horse uh, since May is a good thing. Um, since, sorry, since March, since the Champion Hurdle, is a good thing. Um, he handles the background, likely to go forward if nothing else will. Bit of a lunatic, <laughs> but Ocean Murphy rides, and that's a that, that's a that's a good thing. Um, so I'd like to take a chance with him, um, and then the complete outsider gets shirty. Um, looked better last time. Uh, looked to be coming back to some kind of form. Um, don't forget, this was a horse that rattled off those the winning sequence from 95 all the way up to 105. Rated high. It was 110 when he was um, fifth in the E-ball last year. Um, and, you know, he's slowly declined from that mark of 110. Um, had about 10 or 12 runs since then and not shown much, but the handicap has finally started to loosen his grip. He's down to a mark of 97, but off 100 last time behind Post Impressionist on a ground that may have been too lively for him. Just showed a bit more, um, made a bit of a headway and then kind of curled up like he's done all season. Um, look, he might curl up again, but he's got his ground. He's down to a mark of 97. Um yeah, I just thought he was a little bit interesting at 12 or 14 or whatever he'll be come the day. Um, I'd kind of perm those two and play them together because I think they can run well. Okay, 240, mile and a quarter. It's a handicap. Field of eight going to him posted. Balanced play for Ray Beckett's been favourite on his last three runs. He's won twice. Chester and Goodwood was eight lengths back in 10th when sent off favourite for on the Sky Bet handicap at York. That was on good to firm. The two wins were good to soft, so that bodes well for the favourite in this one. And we've got uh, lots of others in there that we, we've been through. Le, Le, Le Mans has won two 
of uh, her three races, and she's only beaten ahead on the other occasion. She won at Newmarket and at Salisbury. She's uh, won over this trip as well. Others in there, Mustard Zed will be in there for Harry Eustace, and Garcia, who we've been talking about throughout the year, another William Haggisels, certain lad, etc. How did you see the 240? Yeah, another another trappy horse uh, to race to to get our teeth into. Um, balance play was really frustratingly annoying at York last time because I fancied him, but the ground just got a bit too quick for him. Yeah, um, and you just got to put a line through that. And he'd previously won well at Goodwood off off eighty eight. Um, my immediate reaction was that the handicapper got him last time, but I, he just looked all at sea at York, and I think that the, the return to a softer service will help. Um, because those two under par runs that had come on quick ground, Epsom and, and York. Um, I think that the return to this trip is perfect, mile and a quarter. Um, the return to cutting the ground is perfect. Um, he's definitely going to be uh, one old play. He's seven to two. Um, I think that's fair enough. His biggest rival will be the filly of, of Andrew Balding's Totnes, who's getting her act together and was has won the last two and was really good at Chepstow last time um, in the racing league. Um, she'll appreciate a tiny bit of cut on the ground, wouldn't want it terrible, but it was good to soft last time. Um, she's a danger on paper, of course, um, getting weight, but I think balance play is my preferred one of those two. Um, there's an old friend lurking here who I put up last time, Certain Lad. Um, we put up the forecast with dual identity last time, but he's coming back to form and the handicapper did nothing, just left him alone, um, off a mark of 101. But he handles any kind of ground and is just going to come into things. And um, I'm tempted to play balance play and certain lad in this race and then probably put them in a bit of an exactor together um, and hope that we can keep the balling horse out, out the frame. But yeah, balance play, the main selection. But certain lad at 9, 10 to 1 is just a bit too big. Um, I think he can run well again. Uh, and that's how I play it. Another small field at 3.15, the highlight of the Newbury card on Saturday, the six furlongs. Dubai duty free Mill Reef Stakes. It's a group two, and again we've got the two year olds that we've uh, had it uh, earlier on in the podcast. Mister Sketch has been sold to Wathnon Racing from Eve Johnson Horton Stable, having won at Salisbury and winning at Salisbury impressively by nine and a half lengths in a field of eight on that occasion. That was over this trip of six furlongs. Seven questions has got more experience and has won three in a row uh, in July and a couple in August for George Scott. Aragos, Andrew Balding and Judmont, Machines on Board, a winner at Newmarket over six. Our old friend Hartum's in here, chased home City of Troy and Newmarket on July Cup Day, as we know. But um, Mr Sketch has got so much potential. I know the owners, the new owners, are really excited by this horse. And you don't win many races at Salisbury, which is a good track. Get some good feels in there. By nine and a half lengths, if you're only half decent. No, totally. And, you know, he 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 looks the real deal. And she's got a nice crop of um, two-year-olds. It's just, it's a ground thing for this race. This is the one race you don't really want run on heavy ground. Um, because, you know, you often hear the expression, pulling the guts out of them. This really does pull the guts out out of them and i remember um last year's renewal um when night won but it was it was really bad ground and it was it was heavy and 
just the horse is finished exhausted because it's just I know it's the last run of the season for them all but it's just it's just not what the trainer would really want you know good to soft soft is fine but when you've got the word heavy in there um particularly the heavy stuff that's drying it becomes really tough and um what makes it hard from our point of view is that because these are good smart two-year-olds obviously running a group race they haven't been risked on this kind of ground before so it's pure guesswork who will handle it better um than the rest of them and then you've got to look at prices and and mr sketch's favorite looks really smart being you know changed ownership into wafnan um could easily be visually the best of these but the visual performance we're talking about came on decent surface and this is something very different and by territories is probably okay on background but this is this represents something else of, of the leading ones i probably like seven questions um because he's had loads of goes and he's also a soft ground winner um at ripon um you know he's just tough battle hardened um but you know he's not a massive price he's seven or two um i thought this was really hard and i will probably have the smallest bet of in terms of recommendation of the day in this race and i would probably stick with hartem and i know that sounds silly because he's the horse carrying the penalty but he's had so many goes he's been quite effective on the two times he's, he's met cut in the ground or three times he's met cut on the ground he's got a nice kind of soft ground rounded action um york the ground was <laughs> i don't know you can forgive york to some horses it just wasn't him um i don't think he was crying enough for the season um but here's a horse who don't forget the previous start um he beat I I iberian um if you if, if he was coming here on the back of no not going to york he'd be massive short favorite um you know having won at goodwood on rain softened ground um I think you can forgive the York run. I'd be prepared to to risk him. His two previous runs had been second to to City of Troy, um, and then beat Iberian. That's top class form. The fact that he stays seven helps because I think you need to run. You need to stay seven. Um, penalty is a bit annoying because it's just three pounds pulls him back into the pack a bit more. But look, the prices he's eleven or two with Coral and Boyles and a few others. That just seems too big to me. I think he's a good bet, 11 or 2. I think he'd be right in the mix of these. And if you are a forgiving person like I am, I'm prepared to forgive York and see the real heart M turn up here. So let's have a look ahead to Sunday. Once again, it's Shartin Racecourse and our Hong Kong racing expert, Wally Pyra, joins us. On the podcast today, they start at six o'clock. We've got the Celebration Cup, a group three handicap at seven, and they go all the way through to a class two handicap at 10.45. So full morning of activity to look forward to on Sunday, Wally. How's the, the meeting looking? Some good horses there on display. Well, yeah, it's, as you said, it's 10 races, starts at six o'clock. Two of the races are on the all-weather surface, the 6.30 and the 7.30. Very difficult to look at. But this is the first group, local group race of the season in Hong Kong. Um, it's the 7 o'clock. It's the Celebration Cup handicap. Only six runners. So you think, oh, well, only six runners. There'll be 
Well, if you want to find the winner, I've used this term before. This is like trying to solve a, the, the Rubik cube. <laughs> it's so, so, so difficult. Six runners. I'm looking down the field. I'll just go through um through a few of them. You've got Tony Cruz. He's got half the field. He trains half the field. He's got Beauty Joy, the top horse, ridden by the the man on fire at the moment, Hugh Bowman, top weight. Probably his highlight last season was it was second to Golden 60 in the Group 1 Champions Mile. He's won two Group 3s, but um, he hasn't actually won since June 2022. So he, he's overdue for a win. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the stable companion circuit, Stella, with Perton aboard. Perton and Cruz teamed up last year to win with California Spangle in this race. I'm looking at the form. He's a three-time course and distance winner. Winner twice, placed five in his last eight runs. So that form reads reasonably good, but he likes to dictate the pace and he might not be able to. And then, of course, there's our old favourite right at the bottom, the cruise um, number three, the golden scenery. Bottom weight, Andrea Adzini on board. He can do the weight. The other jockey can't. He's in good form because he obviously surprised first time out a couple of weeks back. So all in all, they've got chances. And then you look at the other horses, the other three. You've got Healthy Happy, a seven-year-old, runner-up to um, the Spangle in this contest last year. Won the 2021 Classic Cup. Goes well fresh. Loves a small field. But he hasn't won for 18 months, January 2022. So, you know, this I probably think is his race he has to win. Because if he doesn't win, you'll find it tough through the season. And again, we then go on to straight Aaron, Casper Founds. Casper Founds thinks this horse is going to be rated into the 120s. I think he's on 107 at the moment. He's got great, great things he's hoping for, this horse. But this distance is very short for him, 14, you know, seven, seven furlongs. He needs a mile and a quarter plus. So, and it's going to be a slow temper. It's going to be tough for him. And then finally, the bottom horse encountered won his last three races, very progressive. All over, he's won his races over the extended mile at the Valley and won at Sharty. He's got to have a chance. So all in all, a really difficult race. If you're going to ask me, got no idea, Chris. Got no idea. I know it's a bad thing to say. Mm -hmm. to say. I should be selecting something. But honestly and truly, I just find it too difficult. So let's have a look at some of the other races. You've got the 835, another typical five furlong dash. All the old usual suspects are in the race again. Pleasant Endeavour, California Deeply, Run Cool, a Run Run Cool with Pertinable, Flying Hot, Flying High, that Fly Machine, Cheval Valiant that storms out of the, the gates, leads. If the races were over four furlongs, either one double the amount that he's won. Metro won Amazing Rocket again. It's a really difficult race to call. If you back the winner, good luck to you. Now, 
Let's look at the end of the card, which may be, just maybe easier to find a few winners. In the 9.05, you've got the 7 furlong handicap. You've got Taj Dragon with Pertnup. This combination won at the end of last season. The trials leading into this race have been very encouraging. Um, he goes well early on in the season. So all in all, he's got a big chance. Um, but I've got to say, if you look at the bottom of the handicap, it's a horse called Yellowfin that was a proverbial place getter, never got his head in front. Suddenly, the penny dropped at the end of last season with Lyle Hewitson on, came home, well, I think he won by three and a half lengths. Mm-hmm. Jockey looking around for non-existent danger, was looking up at the... Um, the TV, the big screen at the racetrack, to see how far he was in front. Francis Loy Stable, very much in form. He obviously rates a big danger. So Taj Dragon, uh, Yellowfin, they're the two there. Then we're looking at the 10-10. This is a competitive handicap. You've got all the old seasoned handicappers in the race. They don't hold any of the secrets from the handicapper. I'm more interested in a couple of horses lightly raced near the bottom of the handicap. It's a horse that I followed last year. Cost me a lot of money, a horse called Snaffles. Um, he ran a, a earlier in, um, as I say, just after Christmas when he had a, a, had a health issue. Um, but he's been slowly brought back to fitness again. David Hayes' horses are running okay. He looks like he's got a good chance but the horse that I'm interested is a Michael Chang now we know that Michael Chang only just made it to get the 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 number of winners to stay as a trainer last year one of them and he trains this horse called Big Red a great name for a horse never showed anything until the first up a fortnight ago Um, he ran exceptionally well when he dashed late um, behind that prolific winner, all is good. Um, and in fact, Snaffles, who was in that race, was third. Now, he steps up in distance, Big Red. And I just think that he, may, he, well, he he's sure to improve. And I think the, the step up in distance so may suit him. So he's the horse that I think could go well with Snaffles. They're the two lightly raced horses that may may just have a few pounds in hand in the handicapper. And finally, this is the race that I'm probably looking forward to of most of them, purely and simply because it's a horse that I've followed for the whole of its career. It, it costs £728,000 at the 2022 Hong Kong International Sales. And it's a horse called Nordic Dragon. It's trained by Danny Shum. Um, Danny Shum said after it won its first race that this could be his potential superstar. I mean, he's got his other one, Romantic Warrior. But he was talking about glowing terms about it. one next time out. And then something, the wheels came off. And in his next three races was never sighted. Never said if there was any health issues or anything wrong with him. Mm. Gave him a rest for a month. Horse came back and suddenly delivered in its next three races. 
the handicap was obviously suitably impressed and put him up 22 pounds in the ratings. I imagine with all the amount of money that's been spent on this horse, that the connections will certainly be looking at the international meeting in December. I really do believe this. Um, but he really does need to win this race or go very closely. I mean, it's, it's got your handicappers like Master 8, disappointing group horse, but packing treadmill, flying ace, computer patch. You know, they're all horses that are capable of winning in this class two company. But yeah. Nordic Dragon's got an outside barrier, which I don't think will worry him too much. And he's also got Hugh Bowman. Well, Bowman top of the table at the moment, nine winners earning all the plaudits, which he should do. Mm -hmm. I just think that Nordic Dragon, he's had a couple of trials, so he's been well prepped for this contest. I don't think he's going to be lacking too much for fitness. My only worry is there's the horse at the bottom of the handicap, Bundle of Charm, trained by John Size. He was a revelation at the end of last season. The only thing is John Size does not have too many winners in September. He might have the odd one. He hasn't had a winner yet, and nobody seems to worry. It's, he just gets, takes time for his stable to hit form. So I'm hoping that Nordic Dragon will oblige or certainly go close for the finale. Looks like it could be a good day for Lyle Hewitson then at Chartin on Sunday. Thanks to Wally Pyra for joining us and to Bill Esdale for his previews of Air and Newbury this weekend. That's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we'll take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. And we've got the wonderful meeting in Paris Longchamp as the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe takes place on Sunday, October the 1st. So please make sure you join us next weekend. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. 